0: Um, Anyway, it's great to be back. Thank you all for your prayers. Um, We had a very fruitful time there, many answered prayers. uh, We'll be sharing with you guys over the next couple weeks. Uh, It was a great time with Mick and Kathy and uh, just seeing them up on the ground running and doing very well. It's really exciting to see God's moving forward in so many really wonderful ways there. So thank you again for your prayers. And uh, our brothers and sisters greet you. Our brothers and sisters from Eswatini greet you. Our brothers and sisters from Praetoria greet you. Our brothers and sisters from Ivy Park Township greet you. And for some of you who are with us for a number of years, how many of you remember Hulasani? Yeah, a number of you remember Hulasani. And Hulasani um, was here for about five years when he was at Westminster. He was a part of our preaching team. Um, they had a couple of their children born here while they were here. They celebrated their 10th anniversary of their church. We were able to be there for their 10th anniversary of their church plant there. So that was a very exciting time to see that happen also. so um, And they uh, definitely send their greetings and thank you for all your support over the years. So here we are. We're talking about community, community in God's image. And Josh, over the last couple of weeks, has been preaching about this. And I hope we can step in now and without any issues with regard to transition, we're just going to go forward, right? Well, hopefully that's true, right? Anyway, um, I was thinking about this and I thought, well, what comes to mind when you think of the word community? What comes to mind when you think of the word community? A word, a picture, what comes to mind? Anybody? Community. What comes to mind? People, okay. A table, did I hear that? Yes, a table, gathering, Yes. What's that? Fellowship, Fellowship. absolutely. Small group. Small group, great. How about Band of Brothers? Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. so any, any other types of things like that? So we got this idea, community, it's groups of people. Uh, they're together, there's, they share characteristics together. Um, and um, if we think about it, there's, there's a, an unlimited number of communities, right? There's the sports community. There's the creative community, there's the environmental community, there's the gamer community, and we we can go on and on, right? Uh, We have so many communities of different people, and a community experience can be positive or negative, right? How many of you experienced a positive community experience? How many negative? Yeah, okay, there you go. So I was just thinking about this, so here's something, here's an illustration, the eagles for the first 11 weeks are 10-1. and one. As a community, we're excited. We're joyful. We're greeting people on the street with smile on our faces. We all have our Eagle stuff on. Everybody's excited. Then they lose six out of their last seven games. And we are now a community in torture. Slow torture. Right? But, but we get the idea. Community has the ability to impact so many things, and the actual ability of a community can be very positive or negative. And as Josh has been describing in the first two sermons of this series, being made in the image of God, we are designed for community because God is a beautiful community. And I, I want to sit on that for just a little bit. See, God is a beautiful community. How many of you thought of God as a community? Yeah, good. God is the only uncreated being in the universe. Everything that exists comes from God. And God's word teaches us that he is a plurality and yet one God, right? So you see some scripture verses there that I have next in the outline. The Genesis verse is that idea of what do we see in Genesis 1 and 2? The spirit hovering over. And then in 26, 27, you have make mankind in our image, plural, In John 1, 1 through 18, we see the Word was with God and was God. There's the light that's come into the world, the Son who became flesh and dwelt among us. Matthew 28, 19, and baptized them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Philippians, and he came in very nature, God. Amen? These are the things that we see. And then in John 14, 16, on the night that Jesus is going to die... As he's explaining things to his disciples, he talks so much about the promised Holy Spirit, the advocate, the counselor, the one who would reveal truth, the one who empowers. So there is one God, in essence, existing in three persons, and it's a community. So let's just put that diagram up for a second, just so we get this, right? Here it is, explained very simply. God... The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. But the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. And you see how this goes. So what we have are three equally God in nature, but all three are involved in creation in different ways. All three are involved in sustaining the universe in different ways. So God is a community. God created us in his image to be a beautiful community. The community of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work with no jealousy, no envy, no selfish ambition. They're willing to submit to one another. They work together in harmony. There's unity and diversity, diversity and unity. It's this beautiful community. And the goal now is is thus being made in his image. The design was that we would be living in the flesh the same relationships that the Father and Son and the Spirit shared. Erwin Ince, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, uh, had this to say, it's in a quote there, we were made to image God as a beautiful community, but sin ruptured our communion and polarization has been our story ever since. This is a reality, right, when you think about it. It began in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. We know that they rebelled against God in this act of rejecting God's love and care and plans for their life. It caused a separation from God and a fracture of the intimacy that they shared together. All of a sudden, they saw each other as naked. There was shame in their relationship. There was blame shifting in their relationship. All of a sudden, there was this broken harmony that had taken place, and as a result, polarization has been humanity's story ever since. Think about it. Ethnic polarization, gender polarization, generational polarization, socioeconomic polarization, political polarization. For every category of human community, there is some particular polarization. And we see this being lived out in our broken communities. Amen? What do we see in our families and in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in schools, in our cities, in our nation and across the globe? We just see all of this brokenness, this polarization. People not being able to love one another, to trust one another, to get along but they come and we destroy and we tear down and, and, and we literally do evil to one another. And there's just a broken community, radically different than the beautiful community God had designed for us to be. But praise God it doesn't end this way. God brings redemption, reunion, and renewal. you got to get this. God brings redemption, reunion, and renewal. And all three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, have roles in bringing redemption, reunion, and renewal together. And I just want us to get a sense of that from this diagram, if you could put that up. So here we are, right? Here's the model. The Father, as we know, is the planner. He's the architect. He's the designer of what's going on. It's his role. The father plans these things out. The son is the one who leads the mission. He comes into the world. He literally brings redemption through what he does in his life, death, and resurrection. And then from that, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the advisor, the counselor, the empowerer, the revealer of truth who's the sign and seal takes over as the pastoral leader who is leading all of those who believe right now to begin learning again what it is to be living out a beautiful community. So you could take that down. But I want you to see this working. This, this beautiful community works in a wonderful way. And I love what Ephesians 2 13, 18 says about this, because I think it brings these thoughts together. Listen to this word. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. Redemption in Christ. We see blood-bought redemption by Christ. He now has this peace that has been made through his sacrifice, a peace with God because of his blood that now brings reconciliation, which brings redemption, which brings, by God's grace, the, the demolishing of hostility between men and women who are different. And in this redemption, there is a reunion with God. We now become children. We now become those who are spiritually alive, which where we were dead, there is now a reunion and a relationship with God where he as father and we as children now can live together in relationship, growing in intimacy, and out of that relationship will become renewal one new humanity who has access to the Holy Spirit that can now live at peace rather than hostility, this is what God has done through Jesus Christ. Josh was talking about this the first week in his sermon. He he sort of put it this way, this idea of we have God and and there's pathways opened up, and, and the way we see this, we almost see it in the roles that they have, Uh, As he said, there was this perfection, but this perfection had room for scars. See, this perfection had room for scars because Christ is that suffering servant. Christ has suffered. And so in this fellowship now with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we have one who's entered into suffering. So there's a pathway for all of us who suffer to be in a fellowship And this actually makes the community more beautiful, especially because we live in such a broken world that continues to suffer the curse and continues to have suffering in it. And so we have this going on. And then that idea that there was this perfection and this proportion of unity and diversity and diversity and unity can now be lived out. Can now be lived out because God has taken down the walls of uh, the different diversities and ethnicities and different, different ways that we look and, and uh, even view one another. And it said, no, now there is a peace. The walls have come down. You are now one in Christ. I have made you a new humanity in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And the pleasure part of it is, is that, uh, as Josh had said, it delights not in self-interest. Because we have a Savior who was more interested in us than himself, one who was willing to experience in shame, to humiliate himself by leaving glory, to have himself suffer, to become obedient to death, because he was concerned about us, that we would be renewed, that we would be reconciled and redeemed that in reunion we become sons and daughters adopted by the living God. I love these words again by Eintz in the beautiful community. These words we find throughout God's word, renewed, reconciled, united, are the reversal of the fractures, divides, breaks, and partitions of life in this world and before God that are and are so desperately needed. We are truly stamped from the beginning for unity and union, for wholeness and shalom, for beauty, for God himself is committed to knitting the human race back together in Jesus Christ. Isn't that a great line? For God himself is committed to knitting the human race back together in Jesus Christ. That is just amazing. So we need to ask this question now. We're sort of moving from these foundational truths about image and God, and when we have now this action of God that has now moved us to a place where we can experience the love of God through Jesus Christ in such a way that even our own identities become now in Christ Jesus. We now have a love that overpowers and overwhelms every other thing in our life. Because if we are loved this way by God, we need nothing else. And yet, the question is, what converts this love of Christ for us into love for others? How does it move? How does that love that I now experience in Jesus now convert in me and in my heart for me to love others in the same way that Jesus loved me? Isn't that what beautiful community is all about? How do we answer that question? I think Paul does a wonderful job of answering it. And uh, we're going to be looking at Galatians. We're going to be looking at two passages in Galatians. We're first going to be looking at chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. And then we're going to be looking at later on in chapter 5, verses 16 through 26. So let me read these. And as we're reading it, think about this idea of how the love that God has for us moves into our love for others. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. Basically talking about anything external. What do these things do? These external types of things that sort of give us a sense of worth or identity, there's nothing there. See, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. In Christ, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So we move further down in the chapter. And so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That sounds like every major news station, newspaper, and uh, probably 80% of our movies, doesn't it? Maybe even 90% of our movies. That description right there. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Very powerful words. How amazing is it? Here's what it's pointing out. Here's the first thing we need to know. The Christian life of love is supernatural. We've got to understand this, right? It's supernatural. It's a supernatural life. It's not produced by human ability. We will fail. We see ourselves fail. We might love someone, but only if they reciprocate. If they get in our face, well, immediately we're going to talk about them or going to gossip about them. I mean, just think about your life. And even the people we want to love the most, we still struggle with love because of what's in our own hearts. So what connects us then with Jesus so that the salvation he accomplishes becomes ours. And what Paul says, it's faith that connects us. Faith connects us. See, that that trusting his forgiveness, trusting of his love, trusting of his promises, and a desire for fellowship with him. And here's this. This faith, then, proves its reality by love. So, this faith, if it's living in us supernaturally through the work of the Holy Spirit, produces a love that I don't normally have in me. Are you following along with me? So, the life of a believer begins with faith and the Holy Spirit, and it's lived by faith and the Holy Spirit. Like, in other words, that's where it stays, it doesn't go anywhere else. You don't get your own ability then to decide what your faith looks like and you cannot do the things that you really want to do in love unless you have the help of the Holy Spirit. God supplies the Spirit and he does it through faith and love is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Get this again. The fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of Angelo. It's not the fruit of whoever just put your name out there. Love is not your fruit. You might think it. But get tested enough and you'll realize, okay, I love me. I don't love anybody else. And and so here it is. Here's this fruit. Faith the Spirit, and the fruit of love all go together. And here's the thing we need to know about faith because this is really important. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. So there's a connection now between our faith, which has to continue to be a faith that is moving forward, that is a living faith. We know the Holy Spirit continues to move alive in us in that, but what is it? that informs this faith, that moves this faith, it's the word of God. And what does the word of God bring us to? Well, here's where we answer the question, right? What is the link between Christ's love for us and our love for one another? How do we answer that? The fruit bearing of the Holy Spirit released in our lives by faith, which has its roots and is sustained by the word of God. I'll say that again. How does, what is that link between Christ's love and our love for each other? The fruit bearing Holy Spirit released in our lives by faith, which has its roots and is sustained by the Word of God. As we read the Word of God, we're reminded again and again of Christ's love for us. As we gaze upon the radiance of His glory, as we see His love, as we read the Gospels, as we understand what he has done for us, we again and again get to the place where I see how much he's loved me. And that love begins to move in my life, in my heart. It renews my faith. My doubts go. I see this love. It begins to impact my life. And then this word does something for me that I can't do. It informs, it describes what relationships look like that create a beautiful community. So let's listen to the, the word a little bit, okay? Romans 12.10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Ephesians Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Ephesians 4:32 Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Just those just those three verses. Think about just those three verses and how that describes Loving others that will produce a beautiful community. Think about what it's saying. Outdo and showing honor. What's it like when I am respected and given dignity by other people? Think about that for a second. Would I like to be in a community like that? You bet. How about this? Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only as you build up. What would it be like to be in a group of people who are encouraging one another all the time and not tearing one another down, not being full of envy and selfish ambition? What would it be like? And then this one ah, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God forgave you. How powerful! Love covers over a multitude of sins. How amazing is that? Think about that. And Josh last week ended with this idea of depth over increase, right? Depth over increase, which, which leads to repentance. And I think that's how it happens. It happens as I go to this word, and this word is saying, here's the depths of love. Here's where Christ went for you. Now the Holy Spirit is in you, and you can go the same way for another person. And you can be the same as Christ was in relationships. And as you do that, a beautiful community is forming. So let's put some some feet to this. Let's, Let's talk about it in some illustrations. Hopefully these will be helpful. So last week... On Monday and Tuesday in Eswatini, we held the pastor's conference. In this pastor's conference, there were two deaf couples who are pastors of the deaf church. There was three other couples representing three churches, and these pastors and their wives had come out of a situation where they were manipulated and abused for years in ministry. And then there were two other couples who were pastors of different churches and they were preaching the gospel of grace. They were talking about what it is to live a gospel-centered life in a culture that is all about power, deliverance, and prosperity. And here we were, we're sitting around a table. Think about those differences, all right? Think about what it was like to be a deaf person in a room with hearing people who had been in a church, and yet, up until this point, over the last year or so, they had been isolated from those churches, they had been rejected from those churches, they were considered unapproachable by those churches. And here are these other pastors That are there now, and they're so suspicious of anybody who has authority because of the way they've been treated and misused. And then there's those who are basically coming in, and these are the ones who are approaching now those who are deaf, having been the ones who treated them as unapproachable. And here we are. So, what happens? The goal is for the first day, we are going to, every person is going to share their testimony. Every person is going to share their testimony. And we went through every person sharing their testimony. And there was brokenness and there was abuse. Um, when When you hear the testimonies of some of the brothers and sisters who are deaf, it just rips your heart out. But here we were. We sort of did this exercise today in Sunday school, and I encourage you to come if you haven't. It's the ability to listen to one another, the ability to hear, to be known. You see, that's what what God gives us the ability to do. He's known us in our hearts, and he has come after us in pursuing love, and now we are to know one another. And here we were in this room, and I got to tell you, after that first day, you should have seen the discussions we had at dinner. You should have seen the joy that was in that room. And the next morning we had an exercise we were doing together. We took a CCF uh, mini-book on anxiety by David Pallison. We had reading groups and then those reading groups came together and here we were with Sasquati English and Sign Language going across in collaboration on how this impacts us both culturally and in the particular situations that we're in. And it was probably one of the richest discussions any of us had ever been in. And by the end of that time, i got to tell you, the deaf people didn't feel like they were unapproachable anymore. They they didn't feel isolated or rejected. The people that had come out of these uh, particular manipulative and abuse situations were now just feeling a sense of oneness, and it was this beautiful picture of a beautiful community. It's what was happening. And now it goes on because now the door's been open. Beautiful community. And I think about our teenagers, and I love the fact that you guys are in small groups, mentoring groups, and, and, and here's the thing, in your groups, and I, I might be off base, you guys can come over here and say to me, and you're off base, that's not the way it is. But there's some people who would, I would say, sort of belong to a sports community. And others who are creatives, and they, believe, they belong to a creative community. And some of you are gamers, and you know, we can go through the list of things. But in your groups, those walls are being broken down as you guys share your struggles, as you go to the word of God together, you're doing this and you're doing it in a powerful way. And as you do that, guys, you're becoming that beautiful community. People aren't able to do that. There's something supernatural that is taking place as the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to do that. So then let's think a little bit more. Let's, let's think about our adults. Let's think about our small groups. How are we doing with small groups? Well, this year we've decided that because we've come out of the pandemic, there's been a lot of isolation. Uh, it's been hard for people to get back together again. There's so much busyness to our lives. We wanted to do what we call table fellowshipping. We wanted to do supper sessions. and. The goal in that is what? It's that we can do exactly what we just said. We can sit down at a meal and we can listen to one another. Without any, you know, no, no, no sense of expectations, no sense that you're coming in here and this is what you need to do. We're just getting to know one another. What's it like to sit down? I, I, We came back uh, from our sabbatical and uh, we went to a, uh, a dinner at the Conrad's house. And it was great. I mean, the, the people in that room are not normally people who would get together. There was, diff, there was teenagers there. There were singles there. There were people from different backgrounds there. And all, we just began having a meal together. We found out things about one another. I found things out about Timothy that uh, were, were pretty funny, right? Um, good stuff, right? Right? Good stuff. We, yeah, amen. He's going to share about that next week. But, but you see, this is, this is good good things, um, and, and, and it was just so great. We were enjoying one another. I knew a bit more about the people in that room when we left. And we only spent about an hour together. We didn't spend that much, much time together. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Make an effort. Come to some of these supper sessions. This, uh, this time around, we're going to do every other month, we're going to have a focus week. So we can try to have Monday through Saturday... Uh, some house so that that week you can pick one day out and, and go. We, we really want this to happen. See, this is, this is how beautiful community becomes a reality. You guys look at me, you think, oh, look at him. He's a, he just gets crazy up there, and he's, he's, he's loud. He's one of those loud Italians. and you know, Who knows what kind of perception you have of me? But when you sit down at a table and we begin talking, you might find out some things about me you would have never known before. You might find out that I'm a pretty sensitive guy. <laughs> but this is the way it is, right? And, and this, is what, this is what God is doing. And, and we have supernatural help to do it. So that's what we want. We want to become a beautiful community. I, I want somebody to walk in here and and, and just just look at us and just see how we're interacting with one another. There is something about this group. Yes, it's supernatural. It's all about God, and he's at work, and he wants to draw you in. I know now that those pastors, they're getting together. They don't need us to get together now. They're getting together. What are they doing? They're sharing with one another. They're, they're coming together and making themselves vulnerable together. And, and, and the fact that this, the, those who are doing sign language have a sense that they can be with the hearing church and that together they're ministering love to one another. This is powerful. This is supernatural. God has given us this. We have faith which was a gift. We have the spirit, which is a gift. We have the word of God, which is a gift. And you put those three together, and the fruit of that is love. So let me also encourage you. Be in the word, brothers and sisters. Be in the word. Be in the word. And here's what I'm going to say to you. Not listening to somebody else. That's all well and good. But you yourself, with the Holy Spirit, reading the word of God and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal what only he can about your heart to you. See what God does. See what God does. Hey, listen, I might ask you to spend an hour. Say, Lord, give me five minutes. Let the Holy Spirit begin to do what only the Holy Spirit can do in your life. Take some of these passages, and we can certainly, you'll, you, over the next couple of weeks, you'll be hearing more of these passages which describe what it is to be a beautiful community. Just take a couple of them and begin reading them and praying through them and asking the Lord, Lord, reveal to me these things. It isn't rocket science. It isn't a huge deal. It's just a willingness for you to be vulnerable with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And then if we're doing that, we'll be vulnerable with one another. And as we're vulnerable with one another, we will see beautiful community begin to rise up. And the power of that community We don't even know the power. I've seen it in glimpses. I've seen it on summer teams. I've seen it in the city. I've seen it with particular people who just live that way. I've seen a woman named Miss Dawkins in in the center city. This woman was amazing. What she did was create a community, uh, a community of, of sufferers. And she literally was respected by the gang members, by the drug dealers on the corners, by the politicians in the city, because she was living out what it is to be one who lives beautiful community. So I want to encourage us. This is where we're headed. The next couple weeks, we're going to be getting very practical. Um, We're going to be looking at some of the characteristics. But it's this beginning. this This is where it starts, this faith expressing itself in love, knowing that a beautiful community, the community of God, is behind this, around this, and for this for us so that we may bring glory to him and we may bring into this broken culture love that's so desperately needed. Let me just read this quote by Jean Marie Dwyer. The deepest meaning of the human person is not a reality defined simply by individualism but includes... As essential to the definition, one who is interrelated, Christian community is, then, a gathering of persons called by God in Christ, empowered and animated by the indwelling presence of the Spirit, who freely give themselves to one another in love. The human person, as imago Dei, is called to share in the shared love of the Trinity and communicate that love to others. I want to give you a few minutes before I pray to close. The Spirit's speaking to your heart right now. Just take a moment or two and let let the Spirit, where he's speaking, or however you want to interpret the Spirit, is speaking into your heart, and then I'll close us in prayer.